Welcome to the MD Show. You are in the zone with Bianca Banks and Jasmine Shannon. Two women touching on current and cultural events, discussing generational perspectives. We are mother and daughter, women of color on our grind. Buckle up your seatbelts and welcome to the MD Show. Welcome to the MD Show here on Dash Radio, Voice of Reason Station. I am Bianca Banks. And I am Jasmine Shannon. Happy Tuesday. Um, how are you feeling, Jazz? I'm doing good. Blessed. I'm actually in Reno right now um, where I'm going to be. Uh, I choreographed and creative directed my first show with one of my artists. So I'm up early and ready to work. How are you doing, Mama? Great. I'm so proud of you. You know I am. Well, I'm doing really good. I'm on mommy duty over here. So, <laughs> Yep. Well, as, as always. Prayers, breakfast, swimming, and then we're going to get ready for the day. So, yeah, absolutely awesome. Um, well, a few uh, days ago, Jasmine um, was talking to me about about her and I. And as far as um, discussing our relationship... Because sometimes when we have guests on, we make it all about the guest or we're discussing current events. And so she wanted to focus on the relationship or the mission of our show, which is um, mother and daughter and discussing issues um, and in hopes to help other mother and daughters and, and, and other people, too. But but to focus on that um, aspect and, and so that we can help. Um, those those relationships um, uh, through different issues and and just you know that type of thing. So if I thought it would be perfect to bring on um, my friend, amazing um, life coach, New York based, Ina Mel. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course, <laughs> we love to have you. Yeah. How are you feeling today, Ina? I'm feeling great. It's Monday, which is the start of the week. I love Mondays. I feel like Mondays are the days where I'm super productive and just kind of getting started with the week. So I feel great. Wonderful, wonderful. So, you know, Jasmine and I have a very dynamic relationship. We're so close. Um I had Jasmine when I was really, really young. So her, we've, we've had a journey of growing together and navigating through life. Um, you know, which I think is a different scenario from really being a mature woman child um, to, you know, a younger, a younger adult and then, you know, having a child. Right. So I wanted to talk about that, but because of that, we have such, we have a closeness. Previously, we discussed that the way that I was raised and I, I love my parents, they were together, they were married for almost 40 years until my father passed away, but they were very strict, Catholic. Right. You know, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't, you know. I couldn't, I couldn't spend the night at friends' houses. Friends could spend the night, but like, you know, we just had a very, just, you know, very, very strict um, upbringing. And so with Jasmine, I wanted to raise her differently. 
I, I still wanted to, to, of course, be everything that I could be to her as a mother, as a respect, as a respectful individual and to raise her, um, to see certain things that, so, you know, she would have the right guidance, but I didn't want to have and to implement so much control over her to where she couldn't be her own person. And so I felt, I felt, I felt like parenting was more like, you know, let me, of course, you are your own person and I'm my own person. Let me guide you through your choices until you are of age, but not to change or alter who you are as an individual. And, and also to have an open platform as far as, um, you know, just cer- talking about certain things or certain issues that come up to have an openness, um, which is important, especially like for millennials, you know? Um, yeah, Jazz. Yeah, even talking about that, I think that's one thing that parents really have to understand is that like, you know, you can't raise every child the same. Obviously there's like foundation in place of like, you know, what morals are and how you treat your elders and what you do when you do chores and teaching them basic things. But when it comes to raising kids, I think parents sometimes feel like if they have, you know, so I I have a a cousin who has four, three other brothers and sisters, and she's different than her other brothers and sisters and feels like a, um, kind of like the oddball because she's expected to be like everyone else in her family. And I think that that's something that my mom definitely does a good job in because Brylin and I are very different. Um, we're a lot alike, but it, and differences don't always mean personalities. It also means experiences and, and trauma that you deal with. So like for me, you know, the things that I experienced as a young, as a young child are completely different than Brylin's. And she, and she raises us different in that way. But in regards to, you know, how we're supposed to treat people and what is right and what is wrong, those are, those things are ingrained in you. So I think that that's a really good point. I think a lot, of, a lot of parents need to know you can't treat every child the same. You have to get to know them just like you get to know your partner or your friend or, you know, other family members and treat them accordingly because no one is the same. So I think that that goes with parenting as well. Yeah, and I think you make a great point. And um, I just wanted to honor you for saying what you said in the beginning that you did have her as a young parent. And I think that the fact that you were able to to know that you wanted to for her to be independent, you you wanted you didn't want to um, project maybe all your you know insecurities onto your child. I think that that's super important to notice because. Um, a lot of parents, and they don't do it consciously. I think it's an unconscious just thing that they do is they project a lot of their, um, you know, insecurities, a lot of their um, certain things onto the onto the child. And so then the child kind of grows up um, not really having a self-identity. And just to also mention one thing is I think that the relationship um, that a mother has with her child it's such a strong bond. And what it does is it affects the child's self-worth. It affects the child's self-esteem. It affects their identity, sense of identity. And so it's really important, um, you know, to come into it consciously and know that, you know, you want to raise a kid a certain way, which most people unfortunately don't feel that way because it's not something that they are um, comfortable even within themselves. So yeah, I think that that's very important. 
Absolutely. And I mean, I don't even know if it's that they're comfortable within themselves, but more of so um, like their primary um, I guess or position as being a parent. Um, it's kind, you know, even this is like uh, to touch on that, something that I've noticed, especially during the pandemic is like, um, we've all had to change, especially as parents, because we've had to adopt so many other roles, right? So obviously teacher, um, nanny, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of, um, like the parents that I'm around, they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh my God. Like at the beginning, beginning of the summer, they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's no summer programs, you know, this and this and this, or even at the beginning of the pandemic where parents were like, you know, like our first notification was, okay, we're going to be out of school for like two or three weeks. So they were like, oh my God, are they serious? But I'm like, well, why did you have kids? (laughs) I mean, it's like, are you having kids so that other people can raise them? Or are you really valuing, you know, the uh, uh, lives? I mean, it's like, these are like my children. And I just wanted to add, because I don't think, you know, um, my daughter was speaking of Brylin. Brylin, I have a nine-year-old, so that's Brylin. But it's like, I just wanted to, you know, it's like, I find a lot of joy and solace in this during this, during these times, because it's allowed me to um, be closer to actually both of my children. Jasmine and I are always, we're already very, very, very close, but you just see, I guess, under certain umbrellas and under different circumstances, different personalities emerge. So, you know what I mean? It's like, we are able to kind of, it's good to see how she has, how, how the pandemic has affected Jasmine, how she's able to, to restructure her life and to still be successful through this, how she's been able to support me or support our family during the pandemic. You know, so it's just like, I've been appreciative of all of the different things I've seen and, you know, experienced with her and my son. Hey, Jay. Yes. Hi. I think, I think, you know, it's been a transition for all of us. I think, especially for me, like I'm a creator, I'm an artist. So like being inside of that room, drives me insane um and that's just honest like I I can't and so I end up like going and sitting I don't know I just end up finding a way to get away you know and luckily I have my own place so I can get away to my mom and my grandma's house but it it, it drives it has definitely like and it's not maybe like at once it's more like over time over time I'm like well what are we supposed to do some days I'm like what is when is this gonna lift up because I you know this is just so different I want to go get a drink but now that it's like in, in, a, in a place where it's like, okay, there's outdoor eating and drinking and like, but it's safer and cleaner. I'm like, okay, I kind of, I kind of like this. I kind of like, you know, that the, the change of, of life a little bit. It's definitely becoming a norm. You know what I'm saying? And I told, I was talking to my really um, close friend, Justine. I was like, it makes you keep your close, your circle close which is what I feel like the world needs right now because there's a lot of crazy energy going on with that is not in our control um, with the campaign and all the politics. It's just like, I just need to be around my people because, you know, so it kind of forces you to, to be around the people obviously that you're with all the time because you're trying to stay safe 
and everything. And it also makes, you know, gives you um, a room to be innovative in how you're going to continue to live this life. Would you say that um, through this pandemic that your relationship with your mother actually gotten closer as opposed to before? Or um, the reason I'm asking is because um, from just a different clients that I have, it's when I ask them, you know, relationship with their partner, a lot of times it's not, um, it's actually gotten pr- progressively worse. So I'm just wondering with your, with your mom, like for instance, with my mom, I think that my relationship gotten closer and with my grandma, because I feel like, um, I check up on them more than I did before and just kind of worried that, them to stay safe and healthy and so forth Mm -hmm. so would you say that it gotten closer or stronger i guess maybe um i honestly i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know if i can get any closer with my mom um (laughs) we're like super 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 close so i mean i feel like yeah we've gotten closer um because she's been around some of my so the people that i work with every day um they're also my very close friends. So I think my mom, like when I'm with them, I'm kind of on the move and going. And my mom's always heard about them and like, you know, you know, talk to them, you know, through FaceTime. But because of the pandemic, one of my really close friends, she just got engaged. And so she, and so um, she got to meet, my mom came to one of our little gatherings, AKA her engagement party. And she got to meet a lot of these people that I'm really close with and that have become my circle. So I think in that sense, yes, because it's like now she has time to do the certain things that, I, you know, she'll either be at work doing or I'll be in a different state doing, you know, because of the pandemic, it's like things are a lot more close knit. So I definitely think that she's diving more into my personal life um, from like a, from like a, you know, in-person standpoint, I guess, like, because before it was more of like verbal or every so often. But when it comes to her and I relationship, I mean, our relationship grows over time. I mean, every birthday, we're two days apart. So every birthday, I think about the fact that my mom was in labor when on her birthday. Every every year, I'm like, wow, like this is crazy. And now I'm going to be 27. And, you know, so it's more so like it's, the bond just grows closer every year. But it's like, I don't know how to explain it. Mom, how do you feel? Well, (laughs) (laughs) you're funny. You know, one thing I noticed, and I'll share this with with Ina, is that um, previously, so every, we have this tradition. So every single birthday, we're together. However, for the past, um, well, I guess two years, Jasmine has been back in Los Angeles. But prior to that, she was living in Oregon. Um, she was going to school. And then she was a professional dancer for the NBA. Kudos. Um, and every single birthday, I would, no matter what, we would be together. I would fly there. I would be with her. And whenever I wanted to, like, say a speech or, like, you know, to say you know, a toast to her for her birthday, I just would like immediately break down in tears. Like I couldn't even talk. It was like our thing, you know, or, or my thing. And I noticed like rec- like now, I guess that since she's been here, that hasn't happened. Have you noticed that, Jay? 
Like I'm able well, to I mean, just- my birthday hasn't came up yet, so I'm sure when my birthday comes, you're gonna cry again. But um No, I mean- when we went to Miami, I didn't cry. So why do you feel that is that you feel like since since she's been back, you haven't had that you that feeling? Right. So I, I feel I feel because tired of now, me. I'm just kidding. Now because like we're in our each other's lives more like on a daily basis. Right. That it's like I think it's um like decreased the impact. It's prob it was probably more of I didn't see her a lot, but then when I was there, I was just overcome with emotion because I was seeing her and it was because, you know, it was her birthday. And so obviously Neither one of us can, I mean, I, I definitely can't think of my birthday without knowing, okay, I went into labor on my birthday with, with her, you know? So I think it's just more of like an emotional thing, but we are like so close. We do, of course, like anybody else, we we have argued, we have argued. Can you elaborate by what you mean so close in terms of, do you guys have healthy boundaries between each other? See, I like this because I was going to talk about this. <laughs> because, you know, I saw this one show and it was like about like mothers and daughters. And they were like, we do everything together. And we, you know, we date together and we this together and we that together. And, you know, and I have known personally a mother and daughter that have had sex with the same person. Oh, hell no. <laughs> right. So I'm like, so yes, we have healthy boundaries. And and I say that to say too that our relationship has <clears throat> transformed from woman child to woman to woman. Right. Slash child. Yes, Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that I feel like that transition has been a lot of that has that's been interesting. Um but like when it comes to close, like my mom is, I feel like more close with me in regards to like her personal stuff, details wise. Like I, like that's my mom. I'm not going to share with her a lot of things about my, you know, sexual personal life. She freaks out. Look, see, sexual personal life. She, <laughs> she doesn't even. She doesn't even think I do that. So like, I, no. so for me, so for me, it's kind of different. For her, she'll be like, "Girl, let's see what happens," and I'm like, "No." So it's like totally different um, for me because, you know, I'm more like I'm very open with her in a sense of emotionally. Like I can literally break down. I can literally be my complete self with my mother. I can tell her, oh, I made a mistake. I can tell her, mom, what do I do? I can tell to this day, like, you know what I'm saying? She's always my background. Um, and I, I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think that like, that's amazing, yeah. And I think, you know, what it is when it comes to like the personal, you know, relationship stuff, she's raised me and and, and and has been with me through past relationships that have, she's taught me things. So she knows that I'm smart. She knows that I'm able, I'm intuitive. She knows that, that she, from a very young age, she's taught me red flags. I remember one day, I'll never forget this. And I told my, my boyfriend now this story. So he knows this is what she used to do. We used to, you know, do everything together. Like I, my mom, we still do, but it's different now because I have to work and make money. But when I was younger, it was like, I, my mom got her master's with me by her side. I sat in the back of the classroom getting her master's degree. You know, I used to go to work with her every day during the summer when I wasn't, you know, traveling and just be in the office creating 
different things, which is why I feel like I also am a big creator because of that. I've always had to entertain myself and she's always given me the tools to do so. But, um, wait, I forgot my point again. So I just wanted to add, I think that that's amazing that she was such a, she set a really good example from, for you that whether you have kids or not, you can still achieve all your goals. You can still create, you know, the life that you want to create while still, while having, while having a kid. So judging by what you said, it sounds like you do have a secure attachment style, meaning that you a secure attachment style. We can get a little bit into that if you'd like. So every yeah, person, I know. I know. <laughs> so really quickly, I'll just kind of briefly talk about it. So every single person has, uh, there's four types of attachment styles. One of them is called secure. One of them is called um, anxious attachment style. One of them is called avoidant attachment style. So it's a theory that was created in the early 90s, but it was... Um, it, it, we didn't implement it until the late, I think, like 1960s. Basically, the theory goes as follows, that um, people who are uh, little, meaning like when you're an infant, right, if your mother was there for you, if your mother um, gave you all her affection, she fed you, she held you when you were crying, that means as an adult, you grow up to have a secure attachment style. And <laughs> and it sounds like jazz, like that's you. And 50% of people actually do have a secure attachment style. So that's a statistic. Um, and then let's say if your parent wasn't there because they themselves weren't, their emotional needs weren't met, then you might grow up to have an anxious, anxious attachment style where you feel like, you know, you constantly have to be in a relationship. You can't be single. You're afraid of being alone. Um, and that's something that you should, if you're interested, you can definitely look into that. Um, they have a book. It's called Attached, I think. I don't remember who it's by, but you can definitely look into that. It's a great book, and it, you can actually use it to implement it in your relationships, in your personal relationships, to see you know, if your partner, what attachment style they have. And I think it's really cool. So from what you said, it automatically like, clicked in my head. I'm like, she's definitely a secure attachment style because... Bianca also is secure, so you kind of, kind of like pass that on to your child. So that's really cool. It's really interesting because, you know, a lot of these people that I've dated, I feel like have an the other attachment style because, and I think that that's really important. And this is why we always discuss. My mom and I and my friends are like, oh, well, how they were raised, well, how they were raised, and that's kind of been. Like when I, I feel like when I was in college and like my early 20s, I'm still in my 20s, but like, you know, 2021 20, in college, like I felt like we always would blame the person. We would always be like, oh, well, they did this and they did this and that's because they're this and that. But then I, now as an adult, when you get into these more serious relationships and you start to dive into the family, I'm like, oh, this is why you're a narcissist. This is why you don't know how to love someone because you've never been loved. And then I'm trying to love you and you look at it as a negative because it's, it's abnormal for you. So I think that that's important. I think that that's what, you know, a lot of people don't dive into that part of relationships trying to figure out. And, it's, and I'm like, sometimes when friends come to me, I'm like, well, yeah, it's not working because he was raised like this and you were raised like this and he doesn't know how to accept that. You know that type of love. Yeah, I agree. But I, I also would like to emphasize that that can also be 
changed, meaning that attachment styles can be changed if, if the person, you know, decides to do the work. Um, and you're absolutely right that, you know, if you're raised a certain way, chances are you will mimic that in your personal relationships. Um, I do also think that the environment also plays a role. So depending also what environment you're put into, plus your genetics, it kind of creates, uh, you know, the person. But uh, Bianca, I have a question for you. I wanted to know, um, what would you say are the three most important things a mother can do for her child? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say, I think your point was really, um, it pulls at my heartstrings because it's like my mission is, as being a mother is, you know, to love, 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 you know, and express love and give love in whatever possible way that you can to your children Um, and affection. Um, Because I do agree, like, I feel like a lot of people are um, exempt from that. And they have been, um, in a sense, robbed from that from those two emotions. And so it's like, they're now, you know, they're navigating through the world, like, you know, yeah, almost like many sociopaths. Like I have no, you know, yeah. Emotion. I think that um, it's really good for me to see that my children, even towards each other display um, kindness and love and affection and understanding. And there's a sense of respect um, that they have. And I, and I, I know that that only comes from me, you know? So like I raised Jasmine um, on my own, I was a single mother and I was in a relationship for a long, long time. And that um, individual became like her surrogate father um, and so it was good to have like, just that it was good to see that and, and for her to have a relationship with a man that was just pure and also, um, unconditional. And with my son, I'm also now a single mother again. Um, so that was like something that really hurt, um, for me, for him, because I did not want to, um, to make it wasn't it wasn't a choice that I made. However, I'm I don't I don't regret that because I also know a lot of uh, a lot of single mothers that adopt children and they and, and so 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 every family dynamic just looks different, yeah. you know. And it actually always has been different. I think now it's just more um, it's just more highlighted because you know what I mean. In today's times, it's like people are ripping off the veil of you know, of, of all kinds of different relationships and different dynamics. So, but I, I think that for me, most importantly, um, it, it's just, it's just that I, I think to have um, an, an unconditional love and to display that to, to both of my children and to accept that also to be the recipient of that from both of them is most important. I think that's most important to, as far as um, develop developing, because I, I also know that between, I think you can probably attest to this too, but between like zero and five are like your very, very development, you know, your developmental informative years to where you will then take 
everything that you've learned from that zero to five and apply that to every single scenario or relationship that you have in your life. Yeah, you said it. You, you're you right on. Yeah. So I think like those are the very crucial years. I would even probably say like maybe even zero to like 14, even though that's extreme. But okay. Through those years. Yeah, it's so important. And um, whether you're a single mom or not, for instance, my mom got uh, divorced with my dad when I was eight. Okay. And- and she remarried a year later, and my stepdad has he raised me, and um, I was also blessed to have a very positive um, male in my life who you know showed love and affection. Where I got to see what it actually is like to be in a healthy relationship just by judging their relationship. So I feel like I can definitely agree with that because I feel like a lot of the relationships I have been in have been with people who have had broken parents um whether it you know they left the house at a young age and have to you know raise themselves so like they've always lived a lived a life in on their own terms with their own rules not having to listen to anybody but kind of but they've you know been able to work their way because it's not really their parent you know what I'm saying? It's kind of been like that. Or it's been, oh, it's a single mom with a son and the single mom has babied the son and taken care of the son even to the age of 25. So then they feel like the person that they're they're going to be with is supposed to take care of them. You know what I'm saying? So there's definitely these, it's, it's, it's interesting because how, it's definitely true. How you were raised is how you set the tone for your life. And sadly, there's not a lot of, you know, there, there's especially in African-American homes, statistically, a lot of the families are broken. Um, and I strongly do not believe in, you know, leaving someone because of brokenness. That's just the type of person that I am. And that's the type of person my mom is. Um, we believe in, you know, staying, standing by that because we understand that, that, you know, that's also our story. But the difference between us is that we're two females. Um, and we're a lot alike. And my mom kind of had this inkling or this, 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 um, you know, strength to, she was going to do whatever she can do to be the best mother that she can be. Um, because that's what she wanted to do for me. And I think that that making that decision and making that commitment, is a commitment. And a lot of parents get into situations and have these babies for the wrong reasons. And I feel like, you know, my Nana couldn't have not, could not have kids. And I know that my Nana and my mom had a conversation when she first knew she was pregnant. And my Nana said to my mom, you know, like, this is going to be your baby and we're going to love this baby. And we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that we love her. You know what I'm saying? So you see the difference. You know, some moms could have came to her and been like, well, what? Da, 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 you know, and that creates this energy where she feels like she's even more alone. You know, but energy is like everything. Like you're too young to have this baby or exactly. you still have your whole life ahead of you. Why are you having this baby? Yeah. But my sure. mom definitely had to grow up fast. She grew up at a young age. So even though she was young, my mom was really in her 30s and mentally at that time. So my mom was responsible, you know what I'm saying? I, from the moment that I can remember, she's always had a schedule for me. She's always been on top of my 
but about making sure that I do what I'm supposed to do. She's never given up on me. And I think that that's one thing that parents tend to do. They give up because it's hard. It's a commitment and it's a personality trait. So if you, if you give up on your relationships, if you give up on your family, if you get, you're going to give up on your kids and, mm. it's, and it's a work ethic and it's a muscle that you have to train. It's a muscle. And my mom's muscle is literally, I don't even know that that muscle can lift like a trillion pounds, a ton of eight tons. Like I, I like literally give so much props to her because she never gives up on that. She's never given up on that. You know, and we've all been through a lot of, of things, you know, so it's, 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 it's beautiful to know that I have a mom that's never given up on me. Yeah, just to add one more thing that you said about giving up. Sometimes, you know, single parents, what they tend to do is they look to create their personal life and then they neglect their kids because they're so absorbed with, you know, having to find a partner and to kind of work on. So that's also another another thing that I tend to see a lot too. kind of like my parent, my mom abandoned me or resented me because she was it was hard, like you said, and she was a single mom and, and so forth. So I think that that's I'm glad that you highlighted that because that's really important to like differentiate, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think um, for me, it was, you know, it was like the acceptance of responsibility, knowing that um, I was going to have a baby, a person. <laughs> and your life would change. Correct. And at that age, I mean, I was like 17. So it was like, uh, like, no, but in college. So it was like, okay, no parties, no, you know, it was like my days were very structured, similar to the way they are now. But I'm grateful for that. Because you know why? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you one reason. Why I'm grateful for that. I just recently went to my homecoming and I'm like, these people look old and crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, and they're like, you look the same. I'm like, good health, taking care of yourself, you know, living life with a purpose. Having good health. <laughs> I'm like, you know, but I, and I, and now that, um, I'm just a little bit older. It's like I'm I'm able to because I made so many sacrifices. I'm able to enjoy um, my sacrifices. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was it was significant, but I don't feel like I missed anything. I feel like the most, and I always kind of post this too. Like the biggest accomplishments of my life have been my children. You know, and I I love them. Oh, my gosh. Don't give me the crowd this morning. I love them. I love every moment I have with them. I treasure them, you know, and I know that they also treasure me, you know, in that same sense. Yeah, Jay. Yeah. Something I always tell my mom, you know, I'm like, mom, you were born to be a mom. Like you were born to raise your kids. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like if she could have 12 more, she would have 12 more. You know, and, and, that's, and that's how I feel. I feel like she literally, she is just the light, you know, she's the light. And I feel like we, we're, we're the reasons why she grinds. She was already a hustler before that. But I'm saying like that aspect on top of it is, you know, it, it makes her go every day. And I can't wait to feel that way one day. I know, right? Wait, have you guys watched that show um, Little Fires Everywhere? 
love on Hulu. I've never seen that. I won't check it. Do you have Hulu? You have. I do. Yeah. You have a really great reference for you because it discusses two completely different moms. Like one mom who's in a rich house and she has like this perfect family picket fence. And then you see this other family where she's her, it's just her and her daughter. She's a single parent and they're trying to make their way and they end up working for the rich white family. And they like, and it's interesting because you see the family dynamics. And, and, and what, and the differences in parenting. And there's also other little like, um, character, you know, different characters in the movie where you see the parenting. Cause then there's like another situation where an adopted family or a family needed to stop a kid, but then the mom found them trying to take the baby. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's a really good show. I would probably check it out. Yeah. It sounds really interesting. But I think, I think it just, I think, I think in those different dynamics, you see, the mother, whatever was going on with the woman, with the mother, you see that resonating through all of the different characters and the dynamic of the family. And it just goes to show the importance of, you know, like there's that saying, like the father's the head, but the mother is the, what, isn't that it? The father. I think the mother's the neck, right? The mother's the neck. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so true. It's like, wow, you know, I, I definitely, um, yeah, you, you should watch it. It's, it's, it's interesting. But yeah, so back to our relationships, I think, and I also think one thing that Jasmine and I have an appreciation for is boundaries and space. Like, um, sometimes, you know, like, like, like we're not the type of um, mother and daughter to really like, you know, like she's not going to come anywhere with my friends or vice versa. If that happens, it's because of something like monumental, like a birthday or a celebration or, or maybe, you know, just, just through her, um, through her career, we have this, we have mutual friends now. Um, so I think like it's health, it's healthy to have those boundaries too, because I, again, I know a lot of mother, they're just like rolling around together. They'll, one goes to one, one goes to the other, you know, and I think that that's helped us. And, and I, again, I think that lends to the level of respect. Right. That at the end of the day, you're still, you know, her mother and she's still your daughter. And so you create these healthy boundaries. Um, that way there's no, I guess, because like you said, I do see that often too. Like, you know, if it's a young mom and she's always around the daughter's friends and they just kind of like enmesh together, I guess. So I think that that's really important that you are, you were able to, to kind of um, create those boundaries despite being, you know, a young mom and, and yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like there's certain moms that feel like they want to live their life through their daughter and control their, the way that their life is going because, mm. because of, you know, whether it be, you know, they just, they just want to still be in their twenties. And I think there's different ways to do that. Cause I know my mom's only 25 but like she has her own friends and all her friends are super young and like, you know, in, internally and they go to 
to get to get drinks and they go so I feel like being an adult is fun you know obviously it's it's there's it's tough because there's so much responsibilities and everything but like she creates her own fun I think that the, it gets weird when there's moms that are like oh well, what are we doing today like what it you know what I'm saying and it's just like and also my we're really independent like I tell my mom, and I'm really used to being alone. I've lived by myself since I was 19 because I lived in Oregon. I went to college in Oregon. Then I, I, then I stayed after college for three years and I've lived by myself. So like, that's something that my mom, that's the one thing that we've also had to get used to is like, I'm very used to being alone now. Before that, it was different. I didn't really, it was just like, whatever. But now I, I very much, I'm used to having my own space. And so there's definitely a sense of independence. When I'm with my friends, I, I want that to be friend time. When I'm with my family, that's family time. And then that also allows me to separate my mind and tell myself I need to dedicate time to them. I need to make sure, like, oh, I haven't seen them in three days. Um, let me make sure I go and see them. And so I think that we definitely have a family dynamic that is close-knit. I can talk to her about everything, but we definitely have our own lives, our own friends. And, but we do have a lot in common and we share a lot of the same interests. But since we're almost done with the show, um, we are practicing safe radio from three different locations so we can stay safe during this COVID-19. And this is the M&B show with Jasmine Shannon and Bianca Banks with our lovely guest, Eni. Wait, is it Eni, Mom? Eni? Eni, <laughs> Mommy, what's the name? What's the name? Like Ina Mel. And this is Jasmine Shannon and Bianca Banks with the M&D Show with our lovely guest, Amy Mel. Yay. Ina. Ah. Oh, no. Let me do it again. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you would again. <laughs> no one ever gets my name right. That's why I'm laughing because yeah, everywhere no. <laughs> they create their own name. It's like email. I'm sorry, okay, let me do it again. Okay. And now that we're halfway through the show, I wanna let everyone know that we're practicing safe radio from three different locations. And I am Jasmine Shannon and Bianca Banks with the M and D show with our amazing guest, Ina Mel. Yay! <laughs> so yeah, back to boundaries and relationship. I definitely feel like um, we definitely have boundaries. My mom definitely puts her foot down. She is the mother. We are we are sometimes very sometimes maybe too close, um, you know. But she always quickly reminds me, "Hold up, bring it back." And I'm like, "Okay, sorry, my bad." You know what I'm saying? So it's like she's she always keeps me in track in that. We never get, it never get, you know, she still thinks I'm three. So it's very, I have to be, you know, and I have to respect that. I, I know when I have kids, I'm going to be like, those are my babies. Our mom's like, I can't wait for you to have kids. I'm going to sit back on this chair with my uh, coffee mug and I'm going to just laugh because I, you know, it's like, I can see, I can only understand from experience, not I mean, from, from, from viewing her, but I won't truly understand until I have my own. So yeah, and my mother also says that I can't wait till you have ki your own kids, and I'm just gonna sit back. It's literally the same script <laughs> where just you know it, it's because it's hard, it's tough. Um, what is your? I just have one more question for you, Jazz. What is your greatest memory of, with your mom? Like, what is your fondest memory if you have one that you'd like to share? 
Wow, that is crazy. Huh. Fondest memories. Oh, man, there's too many. Um, but I'll say one that I always, you know, that, you know, sits with me. You know, I think when you're young, and so I've always been really good at dance. Dance has always been my thing. I think that there's some people who know their passion at a really young age and lock into that really easily. For me, it was like I was involved in so much that I kind of just was, you know, I was like, oh, I'm really good at it. And I, it keeps me busy, you know. And when I was going to college, I really wanted to do be a pharmacist. I wanted to work with my mom and I wanted to, you know, be in the pharmaceutical business. Um, so I told my mom, you know, I'm going to Oregon State University, go Beeves, and I'm going into pre-pharmacy. Um, and I was like, but I'm not going to dance in college because I don't want to dance in college. Like, I just want to get A's and get the, and make money one day, like a lot of money. And she told me no. And she told me, no, you're going to dance. You're not, I'm not, I'm not sending you to Oregon, you know, just to go to school. I need you to make sure that you're still going to be in, involved in activities because that's what you're used to. And so that's what I want you to, you know, she just, and I was like, but mom, like, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to be able to, you know, do pre-pharmacy and do dance. Like, and she's like, well, yeah, you are, you're going to figure it out because you're going to, you're an amazing, you're an amazing dancer and you're not going to just throw that away. And I was just like, okay. And, you know, you know, was just being a teenager about it. I was 17 years old and I was just like, whatever. She put me on a plane by myself, sent me to Oregon. I stayed in the dorms with the host from the team for a week because, you know, I went to private school. So our spring break was two weeks. So for one week, I went to Oregon, tried out for the team and I made it. And I, and I was just like, okay, that sets the tone. That was the moment where I was like, oh, dance is my thing. I'm about to put my all into this. And that is, and that's the moment it really became my love. Before that, it wasn't really, I love to do it. But when, it's different when you lock into a craft and you're like, this is what I'm going to do. And you literally dedicate yourself to it as an adult. It's a different type of, you know, when you level up from something, it's a different type of commitment. It's not, now that you've gotten the skill and you know what you're doing, now you have to be like, okay, how am I going to elevate myself so I can be, you know, successful in this for the rest of my life? You know, those things are more than just the physical. It's all, that's mental as well. So my mental commitment clicked. And I literally looked back at that moment because I was giving her a hard time. I, I was just like, why am I going to, why do I need to dance? Mom? Like, I literally just want to be a student because I do love school. And she's just like, no, like, I'm not about to let you give that up. I'm not, you're going to do this. And because of that, I'm, if I wouldn't have, if I would have, if I, if she wouldn't have said no, I would be not dancing, mm -hmm. you know, and dance has carried me to so much success, you know, to the point where I was captain for two years on the dance team. Then I coached for a year after college while I was on the Blazers. And then I did the Blazers for three years and now I'm back in LA and I dance with all these and work with all these amazing people. And I'm still doing a lot of great things with dance and I love it. It's, it's my everything aside from my, my business that I run on the side. So I feel like that, that's a monumental moment for me because it, it speaks volumes of what a parent is supposed to do. You know, it, you know, even though I was an adult, she still gave me the room to, to be like, no, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is your calling. So you're going to do it.
And I think that that is unusual for a parent. You know, most parents would be like, okay, give that up. I don't see any potential in the dancing. Go to school and just focus on that. So I think that that really separates your mom from so many other people in general, from other parents, because most parents, you know, it's sad to say, but a lot of kids have these unrealistic dreams and they just get crushed before they're even able to pursue them. So I think like that, that that's, I have no words for that. That's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mom. Yeah, mom. What's your perspective on that situation? Looking back on that, like how did, what did you think as like a parent, you know, looking at me, tell you like, I don't want to do something that you know that I love. Well, I think for her, honestly, um, for you, Jasmine, dance is more than just what you, it's like, it's, it's like your, your, you know, it's like you, like you are dance, you know, and dance is you. And um, I think that that is, she's so phenomenal. I mean, she's, it's like this, that's like her gift. So I felt that why would you be focusing on something that you really don't, you really don't love? And I think that she may have been misguided in thinking that, oh, well, I'm going to, I want to go to pharmacy school because that's going to make my mom proud. But really it's like, no, I want you to, I never wanted my children, her specifically, because the other one is just still growing, even though he said he's going to be an astronaut. We make that happen. Um, I didn't want her to to like be something that she did not want to be like so many, even like of her friends and she's a product of private school. Um, they like these parents are paying like, you know, these astronomical amounts of tuition and it's like, they're still living at home. Like, or didn't, you know, and a lot of times, again, I think that is a model that feeds the parent. Like I even in this whole private school scandal, right? That we're seeing. Yeah, you said like, it. They they want their kids. They want to, you know, check all these boxes. You know, oh my kids. You know, they go to Ivy League school. You know, this and this. The, the kids don't care. They don't even want to go to school, really. Yeah. And how many kids I personally know who are adults now who picked careers that they have no interest in. They're doing that simply because parents want them. And especially, you know, in, in my, I guess, uh, community in, in like the Russian uh, Jewish community where I grew up. And it was like you literally have three options of what you can become. You're either a doctor, a lawyer or a pharmacist. And those are your options. And you have to pick from those three things. And then it's like I remember when I told my parents I want I went to college I graduated and, you know, then doing things that I wasn't passionate about and then coming out and saying, Oh, I want to be a relationship coach. Like, what is that? You know, if you ask. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think that that was so brave of you not to project your, you know, not even your own, but societal society's, uh, you know, the norm of, 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 if you go to private school, this is what you should be doing. Why am I paying so much money for my kid to go to private school? And you have like so many children that, Again, I think just this just leads back to like my parent, you know, how I wanted to form relate a relationship with her, and you know, now my son is to have that 
um, that line of open communication open and to make sure that you're not impressing upon um, your children, whatever you, whatever model, whatever idea that you, you know, that you want um, to fulfill as a parent. I think it's important that parenting means this is my child. They are a separate individual from me. And parenting to me means um, honoring your child as an individual, helping to sculpt your children through decision-making, um, um, you know, and, and to also their, their, their decision-making and their development and to encourage them and to inspire them in whatever interests that they have. You know, it's it's like really important because how many how many times, you know, do we see children that I mean, honestly, like commit suicide or we even Jasmine experienced that um, in high school because maybe like their parents have this model and it's like they can't live up to whatever you your ex whatever you probably want it to. Be. Again, a lot of this leads back to the parent insecurities. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. So I find that to be just refreshing that um, that you know that my children are able to like be themselves. I mean, that's really what you want them to be. Yeah, and I think that it's great that again I will emphasize that at such a young age you were able to kind of have those proper tools and the awareness. I would say to to know how you wanted to raise your kid. Absolutely. Well, we have come to the end of our time. But, um, Ina, where can the listeners find you? Please share. So the best way would probably to direct message me on Instagram. Uh, my IG handle is I am Ina Mel. I'll spell that. It's I-A-M-I-N-N-A-M-E-L. Or they can also um, go on my website. It's inamel.com. That those are the two fastest ways to get in touch with me. Absolutely. And thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And the next time that we are in New York City. <laughs> you better come and visit. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll be like, we need to go see Ina. Yes. And it was so nice meeting you, Ina. It was just an amazing, beautiful talk. I really got a lot from this. And I'm really blessed I got to start my week with you and my mom. Oh, Good, Jasmine, because she was barking at me a couple of days ago. Like, we don't need to forget about the mission of you and me and what we need to talk. I'm like, OK, OK. <laughs> so you can find me. Uh, it's Bianca Banks on all social platforms. I-T-S-B-I-A-N-C-A-B-A-N-K-S and at the M&D show. And Jasmine, how can the listeners find you? The listeners can find me at Jasmine, J-A-S-N-A. P-I-O-N-N on Instagram. You all appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. When I was young, me and my mama had beef. 17 years old, kicked out on the streets. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Suspended from school. I'm scared to go home. I was a fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Shed tears with my baby sister Over the years we was poor than other little kids 
And even though we had different daddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused, it was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell. And who thinking elementary? Hey, I see the penitentiary one day, running from the police, that's right. Mama catch me, put a whoop into my backside. And even as a crack fiend, mama, you always was a black queen, mama. I finally understand for a woman it ain't easy trying to raise a man. You always was committed, a poor single mother on welfare. Tell me how you did it, there's no way I can pay you back. But the plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate it. Dear mama, place no one above you. You all appreciate Nobody tell us it was fair No love for my daddy cause the coward wasn't there He passed away and I didn't cry Cause my anger wouldn't let me feel for a stranger They say I'm wrong and I'm heartless But all along I was looking for a father, he was gone I hung around with the thugs And even though they sold drugs They showed a young brother love I moved out and started really hanging I needed money of my own so I started slanging I ain't guilty cause even though I sell rocks It feels good putting money in your mailbox I love paying rent when the rent's due I hope you got the diamond necklace that I sent to you Cause when I was low you was there for me You never left me alone because you cared for me And I can see you coming home after work late You're in the kitchen trying to fix us a hot plate just working with the scraps you was given And mama made miracles every Thanksgiving But now the road got rough, you're alone You're trying to raise two bad kids on your own And there's no way I can pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it. Don't you know we love you, And dear mama You all appreciate it. Some liquor and I reminisce Cause through the drama I can always depend on my mama And when it seems that I'm hopeless You say the words that can get me back in focus When I was sick as a little kid To keep me happy there's no limit to the things you did And all my childhood memories Are full of all the sweet things you did for me And even though I act crazy I gotta thank the Lord that you made me there are no words that can express how I feel You never kept a secret, always stayed real And I appreciate how you raised me And all the extra love that you gave me I wish I could take the pain away If you can make it through the night, there's a brighter day Everything will be alright if you hold on It's a struggle every day, gotta roll on And there's no way I could pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand you all appreciate it. Don't you know we love you, sweet Place no one above you, sweet You all appreciate it. Don't you know we love you, sweet Dear mama. Baby.